Hi, I'm Brandon Poe, founder of Poe Group Advisors and creator of the Accounting Practice Academy. You are listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast, where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. If you're looking to buy or sell a practice, we are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. Check us out at pogroupadvisors.com. If you're a firm owner looking to build a more profitable practice while actually reducing owner hours, sign up for our practice management workshop, which only runs a few times per year. Learn more at accountingpracticeacademy.com. Welcome to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast. I've got a guest in the staffing industry today, which is pretty pretty uh, appropriate as people are gearing up for tax season right now. Uh, Rob Buffington is an experienced consultant in the accounting space, and he brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to accounting companies and mid-sized businesses that struggle with vendor services, services staffing, bookkeeping, and overall management issues. His overall professional mission is twofold provide the best possible service and consulting to clients and make a positive difference in the world. Uh, Each of his companies is heavily involved in local charity work and is built on an employee profit sharing model. So um, interesting um, background you have, Rob. We were talking a little bit before we turned the camera on and you got into this almost through your real estate, your real estate business. You got into the accounting work. Tell us a little bit about that and just maybe a little bit about your background and how you got to be doing what you're doing. Sure. Um, it, it was really just born out of necessity. I come from a real estate background, property management, sales, et cetera. And we began doing staffing for that industry. And then we found out that a lot of people, the smaller ones, they didn't need an in-house person. What they really needed was help with cleanup and forecast and part-time fractional work. And so we created my first company, Gordian Financial, just as a way to help our clients succeed. And from there, it kept growing. And now we own two firms in the accounting space and about 35% of our staffing and consulting work is in accounting. Interesting. Well, I hear from accountants all the time that it's a real challenge. This industry is having a lot of challenges just getting the staff that they need. How do you think that's been impacted by the pandemic? Um, Obviously, the accounting industry is a service-based industry, so we're getting harder hit on the tight labor market, people not wanting to work, people wanting higher salaries, et cetera. So it's, you know, it's not surprising we're getting hit pretty hard. Yeah. Well, I know the, the workload went up for a lot of accountants just with all of the special tax incentives and things so um and notices with the irs i think there were some issues there deadline extensions it's been a crazy couple of years yeah so how how have your clients responded to working with remote staff um the clients of the accounting practice or the clients of the remote staffing company well i think i think just with the accounting your accounting clients are you seeing more of them going to remote staff absolutely we we get our foot in the door and they, and pretty soon they just they keep adding to it um overall they love it because several things happen number 1 the number one compliment we get is they have such an amazing attitude they're so pleasant to work with Um, They don't have that entitled mentality that you find in the American workforce. Number two, it frees up a lot of cash uh, for the domestic employees so you can pay better salaries, keep your best people, and then it helps people to split the duties. One of the main things we tell our clients is assign a value to everybody's time and don't let them dip below that. 
If you have a staff accountant, they shouldn't be doing intake. Your bookkeepers should not be doing your AR. You know, you should separate these into separate positions and make sure the right person is doing them. Right. So you're actually placing people from overseas from, um, or you, you're helping with virtual assistants and virtual bookkeepers. and Yeah, we, we call them remote team members because virtual assistants kind of has that call center mentality, which is absolutely not what we do. We recruit from Mexico. We recruit people that are college educated, fluent in English, two to five years experience with U.S. gap accounting that can grow with your company. So we, we call them RTMs to distinguish ourselves. RTMs. All right. Like that. And how long have you been doing that bit of the business? Almost, almost five years now. It was a total accident. I did it for my own company and I was talking with a friend of mine. And one day he said, hey, that, that's kind of cool. Could you help me find somebody? Yeah. And then that turned into three somebodies. And then he told somebody and they told somebody. And five years later, we have almost 300 employees. Wow. And let's talk a little bit about data security. Because I know that was one of the concerns. We we have a part-time person who does administrative work for us who's who's overseas. And we, you know, had to send our own computer. We sent our own computer over and got a virtual private network and had an IT team kind of make sure our security was strong and What's been your experience in that regard? Well, similar to what you said, everybody we hire works on one of our computers with uh, obviously monitoring software. We also have absolute security software so we can remote lock and wipe. We can geofence. So if it shows up outside of this radius, it locks down. We We use private VPNs. I mean, I tell my clients at the end of the day, segregation of duties is always going to be your first and best option, but we also help with setting up remote desktops so that you can uh, prevent people from exporting or printing, things like that. For some of our most sensitive positions, we'll have them check in and out a two-factor authentication key, um, stuff like that. We customize based on the business. Okay. Interesting. What are you seeing just in terms of, I mean, you've been in the industry for, or been exposed and working with the accounting industry for about five years. Have you seen a big shift from when you started till now? COVID really pushed us forward about five to 10 years. And I think for the better, Um, we had a lot of people that were kind of aging out. They started their practices in the seventies and eighties and COVID came along and they didn't want to adapt. And so now we have a younger generation coming in that was raised with everything being cloud-based and everything being automated and more comfortable patching together programs with an API and an integration. And so I think we're seeing a lot of people come at it with fresh eyes that is going to drastically lower the price point and ultimately improve the quality. What about some of the people, I guess, what are some of the objections you run into? What, what, what sort of concerns do most people have if they've never done this before and they're just thinking about it? Uh, I mean, data security is obviously important, but we have our own IT team. We have our own monitoring system set up um, and I use it in my own companies as well. People are obviously they're concerned about, you know, what about American jobs and things like that. And I always say, look, I have never in my life said we're going to come in. You can fire these five people and we'll save you money. That is not what we do. Our clients call us because they can't get anybody to show up and we're trying to help them stay afloat. If you've got somebody local that can do the job, by all means, hire them. But until then, I'm going to support the small business owner that's really been having a rough couple of years. Yeah. So, so are a lot of your placements with accounting firms or businesses that just need accountants and bookkeepers or both? It's both. 
It's yeah. both. We have people that they'll want to hire a staff accountant and an ARAP clerk. Others, it's accounting firms that basically want the same positions. So it's it's across the board. Okay. And when somebody hires somebody, what is the process in a nutshell? What does it look like? Do they get to interview the person or uh, different candidates? Do they get assigned somebody? Like how, how do people, what's that process just in a nutshell like? Sure. We try to make it as simple as possible. We meet with them. I have my head of accounting on the call. We dive into what is it you need? What are the skills you're looking for? What are the soft skills you're looking for? You know, do you need SAP? Do you need sales? You know, what, what's important to you? And then we go out and re- we recruit that person. We interview them internally. The second interview is done by our head of accounting. Again, we put them through skills tests that we've developed, things like Excel, computer literacy, even personality tests. And then at the end of that, we present the round to the client and say, you know, you can interview them and then you decide which one you want. Very much kind of how I, my experience was with our virtual person. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it was, it was pretty easy. So awesome. Kind of changed the subject a little bit to, to a little bit broader questions. What do you think, you know, in terms of your work specifically with staffing, like what's one major idea or concept that you think is really important that's helped you be successful in the staffing uh, placement? I would say if you do something more than once a month, you need a checklist and a script. I like to tell my staff, we should be so organized and have everything recorded that if we all died tomorrow, somebody who had never been here before could walk in and not miss a beat. Too many of us reinvent the wheel on a monthly basis And what you ought to do is just start one process at a time, create the checklist, create the training videos so that you can scale. And then that also brings about uh, consistency as well, because a lot of a a lot of firms that I go to, they're not really one firm. They're five or six accountants working in the same office, each of whom does things completely different. So when somebody leaves and these clients get moved to another bookkeeper or an accountant, they're upset because that's not how so-and-so did it. So there's no consistency. It also makes it impossible to check the work. <laughs> As you know, there's 20 different ways to list assets and liabilities. You can use different GL codes. A company needs to have standardization or there's no way to properly evaluate your people. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I heard a staff person say, you know, all the reviewers did everything different differently. So depending on which partner they were going to, they had to, they wanted to know who the review partner was before they did the work so that because yeah. the work had to be a little different for everybody. You can't do that. Yeah. 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 That systemization is, is really, is really important. What do you think is a threat to the accounting profession right now? And what do you, how do you see individual firms addressing that threat? I would say, and this is going to sound bad, but I would say it's too much accessibility of information for the lay person and not enough commitment to continuing education for the accounting professionals. We've got Dr. Google and people will take whatever answer they can find online, particularly if they like it better. Then you combine that with programs that make our jobs so easy that we don't have to work at it. We don't have to excel. So we've gotten into a point where our clients are leading the show and not letting us guide them. Accountants ought to be offering advice. We ought to be helping our clients 
but instead our clients think they know better and sometimes they're right. So, yeah. So you see just the sort of getting locked into sort of the compliance work and they're not thinking about what their clients really need in terms of where's the value. Yeah. I could. Yeah. It's, Hey, what's this check for $10,000 that went out in this category that last month was 700. It's, it's the lack of just common sense gut check looking at stuff with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, And part of that is as business owners, we're working in our companies and not on our companies. Most business owners, first question I ask them, if you had to take, if you were injured in a car accident, couldn't work for two weeks, what would happen? And almost without fail, they say the business would stop. They would have to come work in my hospital room. And when you get to that point, the business owners should not be doing accounting work. They should be doing sales. They should be doing compliance. They should be doing process development and training. But too many of us were happy to keep doing the work because we're comfortable with it and we don't we don't want to grow. But if you as the leader don't do it, nobody's going to do it. Right. Well, I see that. I definitely see that in the accounting industry, but that also brings up opportunity, right? So absolutely. with that, there's opportunity. What do you see as the biggest opportunities right now in the accounting industry? Is that same, that same sort of thing? It's the flip side of that coin. We have better automation. We have better software that, I mean, come on, you take a program like QuickBooks and go 20 years back when we still had the passbooks and the individual accounts, we could do 10 times the work with everything being cloud-based. We can have a broader client base, meaning you're not stuck in your little town. You can go wherever you want. Um, We can have a lower cost basis as a result and really put the effort into growing and being excellent in what we do. Um, And then, as I said, I think there's a lot of practices that did not want to adapt to the post-COVID world whose clients are going to be up for grabs very, very soon. So it's a good chance to consolidate. Yeah. Wow. Book. If you were going to recommend one book to our listeners, what would that be? It depends on what they want to do, what what the purpose is. Uh, From a business point of view, I love Never Lose a Customer Again. I try to read it every year or two by Joey Coleman. Um, Amazing perspective on how to keep your customers enthralled with you, particularly bookkeepers. We tend to put in all the work in the first couple months, and then we never talk to our clients. So it's a great way to keep that relationship alive, to focus on the onboarding, and then getting the relationship still going strong a year later. I like it. Yeah, it sounds like it's just a very client-focused type of book, keep you client-focused. Yeah, and some really fun ideas. For personal development, I love Atomic Habits by James Clear, Um, just making little changes. He talks about the aggregation of marginal gains. Um, Great book. In terms of priorities and planning, The One Thing by Gary Keller, great book on keeping your focus narrowed and not trying to do 20 things at once. Uh, People underestimate how powerful focus is. Really, it's it's very powerful. Well, one other question, and and we're going to kind of wrap up. This is um, in terms of the accounting firms that you serve, like who is your ideal candidate that you could help? your ideal firm, if there is such a avatar? I would say the company owner that they've got three or four account managers or accountants or however you're structured. They're trying to move from that medium phase to the large phase, and they're trying to get systems and structure in place. We're very good at helping people break job descriptions apart 
as I said earlier, don't have your account managers doing intake work. Our model is we have the account manager, then we have the accounting staff, and then we have the intake and admin staff, and the client just deals with that account manager. So they have one point of contact who knows them, who keeps the relationship alive, while people behind the scenes are doing the difficult work. And that way, when there's turnover, when there's changeover, the, the clients don't even notice because they're not talking to those people. Right. So you help people sort of create an org chart, if you will. Absolutely. Org charts, job descriptions, checklists, processes, all of that. So it's beyond just, hey, find me somebody. It's like, hey, wait a minute, let's talk about your your structure. How are you, how are you operating? What sort of structure you have? What sort of processes? How much your documentation? So it sounds like it's a lot more involved than just going out and finding somebody that they need. Because I can throw people at you, but if you're not ready for them, I call it organization amplification. If you're organized and you bring on remote staff, they're going to take you to the next level. But if you're disorganized and I give you somebody, it's only going to get worse. So you you can't just hire somebody. And too many business owners think it's a matter of just hiring more people and that'll more miraculously solve the problem. That's like saying, I'm going to throw more people in a band with nobody leading them and it's going to sound better, like no conductor. But if I throw in three more tubas, that's going to make it work. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, it's great that you're, you know, you're kind of doing more, more of a holistic approach um, with the people side of the business. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you online? LinkedIn is probably best. Uh, Rob Buffington, the staffing company is Gordian Staffing. Our main accounting brand is Gordian Financial. And then Gordian Consulting is what we talked about with org charts and all that. But I'm on LinkedIn and not hard to find as evidenced by the five to 10 solicitors a day that get me. Awesome. Well, this is a great topic right now. It's very timely in the accounting profession, especially as we lead up to tax season. Um, thank you so much for your insight and we're glad to have had you on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can also follow Po Group Advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.